everyone, it's Maddie here. Welcome to the Essentials Podcast. This is my last week of summer vacation and I will be starting my junior year of undergraduate university studies. And I am a human biology major for those of you who didn't know before and I minor in linguistics. And I just believe that there's so much richness and learning that lately I've been considering adding a second minor, maybe bioethics, psychology, art history, or something like that. But I'm iffy about it because I do want to have time to take care of myself and not have too many credits. But I don't know. I may add one, I may not. In all, I'm pretty excited to delve deeper into the world of human biology. Last semester, it was kind of on a molecular level, but this one is going to be on a social, epigenetic, and anatomical level. So... There's a lot to humanity to learn about, and in studying about natural sciences and our human bodies, we can find that what we consume has humongous impacts on our health, whether those impacts are good or bad. In this episode, I'm getting into how people buy food that looks good, and why better looking food doesn't always mean it's better for you. So to begin, this is not about dieting. It's not telling you that you should give up your favorite foods and you shouldn't go order from Crumble Cookie anymore or whatever, but I'm just sharing about the health impacts of natural foods and nutrients versus artificially colored or flavored items. Let's get into it. So first I'll just go over some examples of ways that we can see people choosing pretty over natural for food. And one of the main ones is customers at supermarkets They complain a lot if they find an item in the produce department that is a little bit too small or a bit brown, maybe it just has some soft spots, something that's not perfect. Oftentimes, they're asking to be handed something larger, fresher, with less seeds or no dents. If you walk into a Hannaford and you look in the cut fruit section where they have like fresh ready-made fruits and stuff they do watermelon halves quarters and slices and sometimes people complain about the quarters i've seen it happen because they say they're too small or whatever and they want you to go find a bigger one or something and i've seen them be on the smaller end i don't see an issue with it but i've seen them be smaller than normal But if you're curious, look up wild watermelon on Google, like just do a quick search of it and click on images and you'll see what they used to look like before science and agriculture advanced the produce industry. Wild watermelons are tiny. Modern domestication and breeding play a huge part in producing the larger sizes and the mostly red flesh with the thin rind that we're used to seeing in a watermelon when we go to our local supermarket to get some. But the wild ones are the exact opposite. They have such a thick rind and barely any of the red flesh. So we should appreciate the hard work that farmers are putting in because without them, we wouldn't have access to the produce that we know and love and other products like meat and dairy that are just at our convenience. So we have people complaining about little things on produce items and we have people buying some items over others because they look better. Does anyone know the story of how baby carrots came to be? If not, I will tell you right now because this story is a perfect representation of the fact that people will buy things that look pleasing, even if there's no difference in taste. The original idea for baby carrots came about in 1985 
Farmer Dave Urasik and his father came up with a brilliant idea to reduce food waste. So their carrot crop had been rejected, up to 40% of their carrots didn't make the cut due to cosmetic reasons, and they hated wasting their crops, of course. Who would be happy about that? So they knew they had to come up with a solution. They also wanted to help out those in the kitchen who had to peel each and every carrot and wash them for dinner prep. So they repurposed a bean cutter, which created tiny carrots. So they were getting these two inch carrots, which are just pieces of larger carrots that were being peeled and washed. And by the time they hit the shelves, customers showed huge interests in them because they were tiny, cute, bright orange, and already peeled and washed. And the rest is history. So this demonstrates how most people will gravitate to things that are convenient to them and things that look appealing. This trend of people wanting aesthetically pleasing food has increased so much over the years. And the trend has actually given way to growing movements which encourage people to start eating ugly food because of the food waste. If we all didn't have a preconceived notion of good being based on flawlessness, we would be able to actually lower the amount of food waste that goes on. Lots of produce products never make it to the store shelves because of their appearance, hence the creation of baby carrots, and they get thrown away, earning the farmers nothing. Another reason that this whole trend is ongoing is because our society has very high cosmetic standards on everything. People judge based on appearance, we know this. This is why plastic surgeries, fast fashion, orthodontics, colorism, artificial additives in food, and countless other things are on the rise. And while it may seem a little bit far-fetched to be comparing colorism, which is prejudice or discrimination against individuals with darker skin tones, typically among people of the same ethnic or racial group, with something else, like red dye 40 in food. But really it's not, because all of those things have one factor that is a commonality. They are all due to people's perceptions of appearances. From an article on psychologytoday.com, I quote that in our perception of people and in their perceptions of us, the hidden subliminal mind takes limited data and creates a picture that seems clear and real, but it's actually built largely on unconscious inferences that are made by employing factors such as a person's body language, voice, appearance, some kind of social category, end quote. So the author is talking about how within humanity, appearances do matter, whether we want to admit that or not, because it sounds rude, but they do. Our unconscious mind starts to form some kind of an idea of whatever it is that we're perceiving based on objective data that's available to us. Appearances are usually objective. Somebody has brown hair. Someone can't disagree with that. Somebody has glasses. That's also not a disagreeable thing. So our brain uses those factors to try to shape and construct a more complete picture, something that we are consciously perceiving. So due to this, everybody has some kind of preconceived notion of everything that they're perceiving. Does that make everybody biased? Yes, in a weird way it does. But with most of those things, it's innocent because that's just how our brain functions and how our brain and our visual pathways are connected. So that was just a little bit of biopsychology. But back to the rest of this topic, people want stuff to look perfect, to look amazing, to the point where the natural things are ugly. 
or too plain. So everybody has a distorted view of what's good based on their own personal judgment and viewpoints and experiences. But what is good has become associated so strongly with what is pleasing to the eye. And I personally love the wonkiness of life because it's just real. There's nothing artificial about it. And to me, that's much more aesthetically pleasing. But for a lot of people, it's not. Some people would agree with me, but not everyone. Companies and factories can see that too, that people will buy what looks perfect. So it's become a marketing strategy and you can see that anywhere you look. And it sells. This is where we see fast food commercials display heavily edited images of their food products. And if you watch those behind the scenes videos on YouTube on how those commercials are produced, like my little brother does, you'll see some shocking things. I saw this one video one time where glue is actually used in place of milk so the cereal doesn't sink or paint and cardboard are also used to make the products look perfect. Different chemicals used as syrups on pancakes because those don't get naturally absorbed. And plastics could be used for cheese, meat, and other things. And it's all for the glamour. The real food serve doesn't look like that. And everybody knows that, but the commercial being visually appealing is what is gonna bring those customers in. So everywhere we look, we're seeing edited photos and ads for food, drinks, clothing, products, everything. We have Kim K out here editing her daughter's bodies so they look skinnier, which is really sad. We have an issue, a really big issue. Can we call it the aesthetic epidemic? If you do use that, please quote me because I think that was actually pretty good. But the third reason why people buy into this stuff is that it's more affordable than Whole Foods. So you've got people actually choosing to buy items that look better and then you have an economic problem is that it's cheaper for companies to use artificial flavors and coloring as they have to keep up with the fast pace of convenience that everybody is used to and they need things to sell some people even like artificial flavors like blue raspberry that's really popular grape lemon or banana i hate artificial strawberry though i don't even know what it is it just it's not strawberry it tastes really bad. Some people do like it though, and I'm not shaming them. Some people just genuinely like artificial flavoring, but back to the economic issue, whole foods are very expensive, especially in Biden's America, where everything is expensive and you can either choose to eat healthfully or choose to pay your mortgage or keep your car or pay for electricity. So we have health foods being marked at a very high price and junk foods are not. It's really sad, actually. So many people would be healthier if the prices were different. Some people have no choice to buy the artificially processed stuff, and they wish it was different. And that is so sad. And you get a lot of woke politicians and influencers out here saying it's an obesity epidemic, and people should just eat healthy after they go to their yoga classes. But they can't. Some people can't. Co-ops and whole food markets are wonderful, but they're expensive. And you can get a soda cheap from anywhere. So it's pretty messed up. It's a terrible dynamic that is a cycle we can't get out of. Farmers are under a lot of stress and pressure too. And now we have lab-grown meats and artificial eggs entering the food industry. Those are gonna be more expensive and will not be as healthy because they're not natural. So all of these theoretical global ideas are in reality hurting the food industry. And people are eating more and more of artificial foods, artificial colors. So as consumerism changed, when we became busier, more impatient, and we prioritized aesthetics, modified foods took over. 
Becky Bell on Healthline.com highlights that artificial food diet consumption has increased by 500% in the last 50 years, and children are the biggest consumers. The vibrant colors truly attract people. If a kid sees a bright red lollipop, of course they're going to want it. I did when I was five. And over the years, lots of different food dyes were being used, but lots were found to be toxic. And so right now, we have ones made from petroleum, and here are the main ones that the FDA has concluded are risk-free here in the United States. So we have red number three, which is a cherry red coloring commonly used in candy and popsicles and cake decorating gels. We have red 40, which is a dark red dye that's used in sports drinks, candy, condiments, and cereals. For whatever reason, we have red dye in cereal. Yellow number five, that's a lemon yellow dye. It's found in candy, chips, popcorn, soft drinks, cereals, again, you name it. Yellow number six, which is sunset yellow, an orange yellow dye that's used in candy, sauces, baked goods, and preserved fruits. I'd rather have my fruits just be the color of fruit, but it's enhanced. Blue dye number one, which is a greenish blue. It's used in ice cream, canned peas, canned peas. Peas are green, but they have coloring in them, I guess. Packaged soups, popsicles, and icings. And then blue number two, which is a royal blue dye found in candy, ice cream, cereal, and snacks. So there's a bit of a trend in where the flavors and colors are being used, but I don't think they have to be there in all of those products. The most popular dyes, though, are red 40, yellow 5, and yellow 6. These three dyes make up 90% of all food dye used in the U.S., Some of these dyes actually are not approved in other countries. They're actually banned. Green number three is approved by the FDA, but it's banned in Europe. And then we have like two different yellows that are okay and they're approved in the EU, but they're banned in the US. So that's what sparks a little bit of controversy. Those inconsistencies behind the banning and approval of those different colors in different countries. So say here in America, where the majority of all of those colors I just mentioned are used, maybe the FDA is siding with big corporations and the reason they're approved is over money. That would be corruption and not caring about American citizens. But hey, look at how the FDA and Pfizer or Moderna operated under the height of the pandemic. More consumption or vaccination, more money for the companies, benefiting off the people as usual. And there's a health risk involved for everybody who's taking part. Sometimes they've had no choice, and that's really sad for consumers. And then you also have your issues that are caused by artificial flavorings and colors that can leave a negative impact on our health. There are many ongoing discussions about the possible harmful side effects of food additives and colors. And here are some of the health risks that are related to the consumption of these artificial food additives allergic reactions and food hypersensitivity, worsening of asthmatic symptoms, possible abdominal pain, diarrhea and vomiting, and possible carcinogenic issues, as well as neurological issues. And they may be carcinogenic products because of the fact that those dyes, the colors that I previously talked about, tend to be poorly absorbed by the bloodstream And some of them can even bind to albumin, which is a simple form of protein that's soluble in water, and it's found in our human blood serum. So we really don't want artificial 
coloring binding to that. So there could be a potential issue. And the neurological one, that has been heavily debated. Um, quite a few studies actually show that those food dyes can cause issues in neurological development, including attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, which is ADHD, in children. And a large amount of those studies have been performed worldwide. Um, but there's no like overwhelming evidence that the majority could state that it does directly lead to ADHD. But there have been a lot of studies and evidence that show that children with ADHD already show significant improvement when the amount of food coloring in their diet is restricted. So I'm going to believe those studies because those are showing observable traits of improvement. And that kind of directly correlates with stories that my dad would talk to me about from his childhood. He doesn't remember there being any kids, maybe a few here and there, with ADHD or ADD. So those neurological disorders weren't always so widespread, and now it's so common. The actual statistics are that more than 9.4% of children, 6.1 million that is, between ages 2 to 17 in the U.S. have an ADHD diagnosis. And those are just the ones that have actually gone through the process of being diagnosed. And it's more prevalent in children than adults. So now tons and tons of kids are suffering with ADHD and they're having trouble in school and all of this stuff. And that's a reason for medication. So Big Pharma has to now supply the people with a solution to the issues that other big corrupt corporations have created. And there's a lot of supporting evidence, I think, for this whole thing. In this episode, I did mention that the biggest consumers of these artificial dyes are children because they're drawn to the vibrant colors. So this is where it's up to the parents to, if they can, see if they can choose healthier options and alternatives for their children because their kids don't know any better. They just know that it's bright and it looks good. And then back to the stories my dad would tell me about, they didn't have the types of food dyes and additives that we have. They had more natural foods. They didn't really have a reason to make stuff super artificial. Yes, they had the artificial flavors and artificial dyes, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. Now that it's increased by 500% and the biggest consumers are kids, we're seeing millions of kids with ADHD. And I feel like those are all pretty valid observations and things that could be used in researching these the side effects of artificial food dyes and additives. Okay, so here's the bottom line. People like pretty things. The aesthetic epidemic has gotten us tangled up in a web of food issues in our modern society. If we eat uglier foods, take the bumpy carrots, take the ketchup that is not bright red because it's already made from tomatoes, we know it's going to be reddish, but it doesn't need to be bright artificially red. And if we become okay with items that are maybe a little less appealing than others, it could really help everybody out. That concludes this episode of The Essentials Podcast. I hope that you all were able to find some key takeaways from this show that you can further educate yourself on and maybe even do your own research and experimentations to see if you have any improvement in your health or in your children's health if you were to remove things with artificial flavor or coloring. And as always, thank you for the listen. It's greatly appreciated. And be sure to check out all the other great podcasts that are right here on the BMG Network.